we just didn't record everything and we should have and we missed out on such good Shador content. <sighs> don't even say the word. Don't say that <laughs> name around me. Okay? No. Don't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because if you say the trigger words, Hunter, Travis, <laughs> Travis Hunter, whatever direction <laughs> you want to put it. I know it's Travis Hunter, but let's be real. Like people have said every word, Travis Hunter, you say Edwards, you say Shador, you say Sanders, you say Colorado, you say Buffaloes. Don't say those words. They're trigger words for me. I want to go to that game so bad. Me too. Tickets are ridiculous now because first of all, Okay, we have to talk about it now. We have to talk about it. We have 10 minutes of this. Let's just get it over with, okay? Because it's been on my mind before the game, okay? Before TCU, during TCU, and now here after TCU, I still have to say something. And it's the fact that people do not see with their eyes and use that to process things logically. If you know Deion Sanders, he has been a professional player. First of all, played four years in college, then became a pro, 14 years, now coaching for, I don't even know how many years, I didn't look it up, but did, I'm sure he did Pee Wee, was it? Because he had these guys since they were younger. So he was going with boys from when they were like kids to now being D1 athletes and has been coaching them forever. And then he goes into new teams, you know, Jackson State. Like, how do you not see? That this man can take nothing and make it into something great. And you think he's not going to do that at Colorado just because what? It's Pac-12? Ooh, scary. Okay, so what if you're Pac-12? You and I both know, Kiara. We were at Northwestern University. Some of these boys, I'm not going to name names, but I know you thought about who it was. You thought about a couple people who I'm talking about who should not have been D1 athletes. And they're in a D1 Big Ten team. And they're playing, they're getting field time, they're out there, they're messing up game after game after game. We're sitting there on the sidelines, we're sitting there at our homes watching our TVs, and we're like, what is going on? What is going on? But you have Deion Sanders. Is it just because he's black? Like, Obviously, my camera hates me because I was on a roll and it cuts. But what I was saying is... Your camera's anti-black. They're you were making a point about Deion Sanders, and it no, was like, literally. nope, don't want nope. to hear it. Mm -mm. It didn't. It didn't even want to. It didn't want to because honestly, but it's so true. It's like it has to be because he's black. It has to be because he's giving these black kids a chance because he's taking people and he's he's doing what I wanted to do at Northwestern, but I just don't have credentials. Okay, I'm not a coach. I haven't played football. I don't know enough about the sport. He's a head coach, but he has everything he needs. And he went in there and he did exactly as he should have done. I don't think he should have done anything differently. Go into Colorado. Look at all these boys in the face. Did you see the video of when he first met the team? The original team, the one that was the Louis video? one in 20 years. What Louis video? When he was like, oh, I'm bringing my luggage oh, with yeah. me and it's yeah. Louis. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Kiara, when I tell you, I saw fear in some of these boys' eyes, but then some of the boys, you see like, like a fire. They're just not saying anything, but they don't, they didn't want anybody to know. But let me tell you, when you have people who are passionate, who are driven, who want success, who are hungry for success, you have no room for slackers on a team at all. No. You can't, That's, you can't they make had room. to go. So many of them had you, to. You have a one in 11 team. It's not just all coaching. Like a lot of that, unfortunately, respectfully to those guys, is just a talent gap. That's to go. all it is. They had to go. And he did exactly what he did. He came in with the broom and he swept the dust out. And now he's starting fresh and clean for spring. Not spring. Well, fall. But you know what I mean. Spring cleaning. Get them out. Start over. Bring your luggage. Unpack them. Because you know they're going to work. Because you know they want to succeed. You know they want success. I think that this needs to happen with every 1-11 team. Consistent 1-11 team. Let's say even 10-2 team. Or 2-10 teams. Because honestly... Losers will never make winners. And then you don't attract winners to the team. No, it just it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It just gets worse and worse and worse. And it's that's a that's negative like cycle. With, that's the issue with Northwestern is that like we there's 
no vision to improve the program, and they were so bad for too long and gave coaches too much latitude to turn it around that now it's like the state of the program is irreparable. It's insane. You're right. Completely right. And I wish that somebody like him, if Dion went to Northwestern, did what he did, brought the people he brought, do you know how many people would be so ecstatic who are Northwestern fans? But there aren't even honestly, that many because honestly, we don't have a fan base. I would. I have to disagree with you there. I think Northwestern fans, like the average Northwestern fan is like a coastal progressive elite and wants a certain palatable kind of black head coach and would mm-hmm. really like have a strong aversion to the kind of person that Deion Sanders is. Even though he's not a bad person. He's just True. very vocal. He's forward. He's confident. He's bold. He says what he thinks. And they would much rather someone who's like very buttoned up and goes very by the book. Like we like to call ourselves like a white collar school with a blue collar mentality. Northwestern's mentality is very white collar. I don't think the average Northwestern fan would take kindly. Like the students today, sure. Students who graduated in the last five years probably most of them but the alumni who have you know are in their 40s up probably would not like Deion Sanders very much to their detriment and that's why the program like stinks right now is because they want to win in a certain way that does not is not conducive to success at this point no it doesn't foster winners it doesn't foster success they have no idea how to be successful in sports. Northwestern is a great academic institution, but they need help when it comes to athletics. And I wish, men's, I wish. Like men's athletics specifically. The women are yes. crushing it oh. at Northwestern. Girl power. Honestly, like they're great. <laughs> <laughs> they are great. It's just the but guys something who are about lagging it. behind. There's something about it. So yeah, anyway, I see your point. I kind of agree with you. The old alumni would not be as welcoming to him and it's so sad because honestly, it's so necessary. And I think that there are guys on that team right now and some in our recent past when we were equipment managers there who would have loved, loved for him to be there, who would have worked hard. But do I think that everyone would have made the cut? No, but that's okay. I think that's a factor of life. It's something you learn. It's like some people, you can work your way to success. Other people, you're, it's just not your path. And you need a reality check. Uh, stop getting that participation trophy and just get told, hey, yeah. you're a loser. And it is what it is. But it's not. Yeah, you got to be honest with people. You have to be honest. Because if you're trying to play D1 and you look like D2, D3, what are we doing? It's embarrassing. Okay. And I'm not just talking about Northwestern here at this point. Okay. I'm talking about anybody that's in a D1 program that looks like they don't belong. What he showed is that there are people out there at HBCUs, at FCS schools, who can come in and literally change everything and change the entire flow of the game and make everything just exciting and fun. And sitting and watching that game, my heart was pounding. I I had no idea, like... I can't even say I had no idea who was going to win because as soon as I heard it was Deion Sanders' team, I knew he was going to win. But I loved the fact that it was challenging. I loved the fact that it just, it hooked your attention and it held on and it inspired you. It inspired me. I changed my whole lifestyle after that game. I'm sitting here like pushing myself for success because it's like, what am We're I doing here sitting down? Like, for flights to Boulder, Colorado, Airbnb. We're trying to be part of like whatever it is that they've got going on there. Put me in coach. I'll be in yeah. the weight room. I'll be Listen. up at four in the, in the morning, working out, waiting. <laughs> Get put me in. I have a strong leg. I'll kick for you, Dion. I will. I, I, will I don't even him. care. I literally would. I would be a, an equipment manager in a heartbeat for that team. I am embarrassed by how many times I watched that pregame speech. It was it was so freaking good. I was so, so good. good. You like, even sent it to me, Kiara. For everyone listening, Kiara <laughs> sent me the video. It was my third time that I had watched it, and then I watched it again just because she sent it. Yeah, especially the music behind it. Like, I think his son, one of his sons runs his social media, and he's doing a phenomenal job. Wow, I did not know that. That's awesome. 
Yeah, like, I mean, he's built an incredible culture. Usually when people bring in people that they're related to, it makes things worse, right? Like, the Nepo baby effect. Right. He is bringing in people who are related to him, and there's just something about being in the presence of Dion that just makes everybody excellent. So even though they're related to him, they're all, like, the best of what they do anyway. Right. And he got criticism for bringing in his son and making his son the starting QB. Like, joke's on you. But they believe now. They didn't believe then. I mean, Mm -hmm. I always believed. No, no, no. They don't believe. People are still throwing out criticism. People are still saying, come Nebraska this weekend. You know, who knows? TCU was just the first game. It was just game one. It was luck. And it's like, do you realize that TCU was ranked? I mean, mind you, we can't look at the rankings now, okay? Because, of course, you have Duke and Clemson. And Duke shattered Clemson. That was nothing it was like nothing they won so easy in terms of like the highlights i saw because i was up in the sky when the game was happening so i couldn't you were flying (laughs) yes sadly i was so mad (laughs) but when i came back you didn't you didn't really miss much though unless you're rooting for duke who's coming in to play northwestern in a couple weeks it's gonna be ugly yeah wow tire fire waiting to happen but I just say the rankings aren't trustworthy. We can't look at them anymore. But I don't think that the performance that we saw with Colorado, I mean, you saw them perform. You saw the interceptions. You saw the passing yards. You saw the chemistry. How can Mm -hmm. you say that that's luck? That is training. That's grit. Okay. That is just complete effort dialed focus. That is going into their performance. That is not luck. So conditioning was exceptional too. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. And if you don't believe at this point, that's on you for being blind. Because you know what? Just save it. Put your money in everybody else. (laughs) Put your time in everyone else. But when you see them climb up those ranks, and it doesn't even have to be this year, okay? It could be next year too. I don't care. They're, they're a great team. He already pulled Colorado out of the gutter. He did exactly what he came to do. They already matched their win total from last year. Come on. Like, come on. This is ridiculous to me, how these people are sitting up here on social media, on media too, not like on the news talking about it. You are embarrassing yourself because if you you didn't see the same game we all saw. No, you didn't. Not at you all. You didn't. I mean, it's, yes, technically first game of the season, but- it was a decisive win. Personally, like I would much rather them play with the chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Like I want them to get disrespected in the polls. That way they have that like extra edge and extra momentum um, and extra motivation. And not that players necessarily need it, but it's just like, like I feel like that's the character of their team. Like they thrive off of the haters and the doubters. They do. And I'm so glad that they do. You have teams like Alabama. Their first game was MTSU, and they're highlighting Alabama like they did something Alabama spectacular. Was boring. And it's like that game was nothing because MTSU, I'm sorry, love you, Tennessee. I'm here with you, but <laughs> you're not a great team. You're not, it was an easy win. You're sitting here with an unranked team beating TCU, a ranked team who was in the nationals last year. You're kidding me. And then you want to say it's luck. But then Alabama did such a great job because they beat MTSU. It's oh so spectacular. No, or like Oklahoma dropped like eighty one. Like they dropped eighty one on a team that they should have dropped eighty one points on. Yeah, crazy. Go figure. Just shut up until Saturday. I like not you, you, but everybody else. Shut up until Saturday. See what happens. Be surprised and keep being surprised if that's what you want to do. Because I'm not going to be surprised anymore because I know what's going to happen, and I know it's Deion Sanders season. It is. It's Shador Sanders' season. It really is. It's like Travis Hunter's season. It is Travis. It's Dylan Edwards' season. It's all of them. All their season. Anybody on Colorado, it's your season. And go it make is. it your season and prove everybody wrong. Just keep doing it because it is so fun to see when people lose and people's opinions are right. There are certain college football teams or moments that, that just bring you on like a magical run. I think about... I don't know if you watched college football back then, but when Auburn beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl in 2013, that was one of those like miracle seasons. They had like multiple, like miraculous one in a billion moments and one in a billion plays that happened on the field for them. It's early, but I, I think that could be Colorado. 
I really think it could be, especially just I do too. you have like so many Heisman contenders just on one side of the ball, like three on one side of the ball on one team or in Travis Hunter's case, both sides, which is insane. Insane. And it's not insane because many HBCUs actually have players that play both sides, but people in the big leagues have not seen it. Why? No, it's like, because it's like nobody Shoei Otani and like they're theoretically could there be more players like him if they were allowed to sure but like he went to the one place where they would allow him to be who he is a pitcher and an outstanding hitter and because of that now we get to all witness the like brilliance and greatness that is him as a player so that like it goes back to having coaches who have vision who are smart who are willing to be risk takers and give guys those opportunities to shine Right. And put them in a position to win. And that's and Colorado, I, like, that's Coach Prime. That's Coach Prime. Coach Prime. <laughs> I got excited. I really love him. Me too. Okay. I think we're at a good stopping point. Let's end there with minutes. the Colorado. Let's, <laughs> Let's end there with Colorado. Because we could talk the whole time about them. You, We know. But we promised that we were say. not a sports podcast, and I feel like we're breaking that promise. <laughs> but you know what? It's a pod. This is a podcast about the things that we're interested in, and it just so happens that we're very interested in this progress with Colorado and yeah. college football as a whole. So I'm looking forward to this season. I love that the rankings are being shaken up. I love that Colorado's coming up. I love that we see teams now that we haven't seen before. I'm looking at um, USC. Southern California Trojans. I am excited. I cannot wait to see them play. I want, I just, I'm excited for the first time in a long time about college football. It, I was excited when I was in it, of course, because you're a participant in some way, but now being outside, I was like, man, it's going to be dead. And it's not. Keep it up. No, it's not. I'm looking, I'm watching, and this goes for all teams. Do your best, do your worst, blow it up make changes, make plays. I don't care. Just do something spectacular and I'll be there to soak it in. I want it. I want Just make the it entertaining. I want yes. to be entertained. Like I want to see something the, I haven't seen. The beauty of like Northwestern is is probably going to be real real bad this year. But the there's freedom in that that I don't have to like eat, like watch a boring brand of football thinking they might win. I, I can change the channel and I can go watch a really competitive, engaging game because like I already know the outcome. Even if they make it interesting, they're going to lose anyway. Mm-hmm. And if they win, it's going to be boring. <laughs> right. So now I can actually like be a college football fan. Like I am unshackled from the suffering that so many Northwestern fans have. Right. Thank you, Coach Prime. Thank you, Coach Prime. We love you. <laughs> we we respect you. We don't love you because we don't know you, but we respect the heck out of yeah. you. And we we love what you're doing with the program because it was necessary and it's something that we've seen and we wished it happened at our institution, but it won't. It's fine. Last thing, just keep I it think up. it creates so many, hopefully, mm-hmm. creates so many opportunities for other Black coaches who, like I mentioned earlier, might otherwise feel pressured to conform to a certain brand of coaching or football, like the the Nick Saban sort of brand. I mean, even like guys like Lane Kiffin are a little more eccentric, but not as out there um, with their personalities as Dion. I hope it gives black coaches more opportunities or coaches in general, more opportunities to just show more personality and character. Because honestly, it's, it's not sports entertainment like wrestling, but it is sports and it's supposed to be entertaining. So like, give me something to watch. Right. I agree. Give me something to watch. That's all it is. And I'm watching. He's got my attention. I'm, I'm like, I am steeped in Colorado content. All of my YouTube recommendations are Colorado because all the guys have their YouTube channels. So they're showing behind the scenes stuff. They're showing practice. Like I'm watching Deion Sanders' son has like this well-off brand where he's posting stuff too. Like I am engulfed. I'm steeped in Colorado stuff right now. And I, I hope can't. they keep it up. I didn't know they had YouTube channels. I've been like purposefully limiting myself to Twitter content only <laughs> because there's so much. If I get into it, I'm not going to be able to function. Like that, they'll become 
my BTS. Okay. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't. Colorado is already my BTS. Oh, gosh. Shador is Shador is my Jungkook. <laughs> Wait. So then, Tra- what does that Travis make? Travis Hunter is my V. Oh wow! You're putting him at V. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, hold wait, on. If we're making the comparison, he actually might be V. Because remember, V has like a very sweet, like soft boy look, but he's got the deep voice of the group. So it's like he plays both sides. I think you might be right. That's that is like one of the best compliments that you could give someone. Fact to say someone is V. Oh my gosh. The highest acclaim to Colorado. And BTS. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm excited. Let's get into the episode. Okay. So should we do our intro? Who are we? Yeah. Lena, what's... I already said your name. Hi, I'm Kiara. Hi, I'm Lena. No, we're even... We're doing it in the wrong order, aren't we? Are we? Do we have to have an order this time? Everything's off kilter. (laughs) Everything's off. We're just oh, we're so like discombobulated because Colorado gets us so. Ah, oh, I just can't. I'm I'm pumped. I'm excited. So, hi, I'm Kiara, and hi, I'm Lena, and you're listening to Take It to Go, a one-stop shop podcast about all things life, love, and LOL worthy. Now, as much as we'd like to spend the rest of this podcast talking about Colorado, at the end of the last episode, we did get a little bit into a conversation about AI. We did. We did. And so... Artificial intelligence. Yep. We decided today that ChatGPT will pick our episode topics, but we do have some on the side, things that we would like to talk about as well. But um, Kiara, if you would go ahead and make that choice... Honestly, let's let's throw the script away. Oh, let's just let's just wing it. Let's see where ChatGPT takes us. Cool. Let's do it. Okay, we need to come up with a great prompt. We're doing this live, by the way. We're doing this live. We need to come up with a great prompt. What do you want to ask ChatGPT to get our episode topics? ChatGPT, we are are you typing it in? Okay, so I'm typing it. Yeah, um, we are a two woman podcast, not about sports. <laughs> Please pick. Just let's be straightforward. Please pick our podcast topic for today. I think let's let's give it a little more information. What if we mention that we're like a comedic lifestyle podcast? That's perfect. A two woman comedic lifestyle podcast. And we're just going to be honest and do exactly what it says. Lena doesn't even know what it's about to bring up. I have no idea. Okay. We're going to read word for word what it says. Oh, gosh. This topic. Today's topic. This is honestly, this is so good because I feel like we brainstormed this already kind of. (laughs) Really? The top the topic today is the art of adulting, hilarious life hacks and failures. Ooh, okay. The description they gave us in this episode you can discuss the ups and downs of trying to navigate the world of adulthood with humor and wit, share personal anecdotes and stories of your own experiences with adulting, both successful moments and epic fails. That's a very good suggestion. This is good. <sighs> adulting is so hard. One, it really one of my, is. Like, I think the like, most relatable things I see about adulting is like as a 25-year-old, I'm not like I'm 25 years old, but really I'm like four in adult years. Like I'm a baby. <laughs> I just started being an adult. How is it treating you so far? You know, I think it's treating me pretty well. I... In some ways, like, okay, I have a job, I go to work, I sit in the office, I do all those parts of being an adult. Other than that, like, I feel like a kid. Like, because I feel like I, in, like, the best part, like, in the best ways, though. Like, I like doing things that that society says that, you know, you hit this age, so you can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, the other... 
not the other day, but like my brother, for example, had a birthday party last year and we had my brother who's like much older than me. And we had some kids in our family come over and they started playing with chalk outside. At some point, I guess adults were told that you're not allowed to draw on sidewalks with chalk, but I did it and it was a ton of fun. So it's, yeah, no, honestly, I can, I used to do that all the time. I would make the hopscotch boards out of chalk and then play. Like, when did we stop doing that and why? Isn't it crazy? Like, we all have that, like, final day that we stopped playing outside, but we didn't know it was the last day. Exactly. And I had, like, a big box of chalk, too. Like, all the sticks that were inside and it would just, like, dwindle down as time went on. And you just don't know when the last time is. But, like, that's the thing I, I like about my brand of adulting is, like, if I found that box of chalk, I'd be like, okay, let's let's go play with chalk, I guess. Yeah. It's a very and- nice thing because it, like, gives you a sense of freedom. I think that's what we miss when we become adults. And, like, truly, what like, what is your definition of an adult? Because mine is, like, just being able to be financially independent in some sense. But right now, like... I'm an adult. I I have a degree, just like you have a degree from a very prestigious institution. And yet and still, like, I'm back at school flying and I live at home. So it's like some people might not consider me an adult because I don't live in my own apartment. And I don't- I live at home too. So it's like, yeah, like, what are we doing? But I feel like that's our generation now too, because just the state of the economy and different things like it's hard to afford these apartments it's two thousand dollars a month or more where i am in nashville so you know i'd rather stay at home and do what i need to do to get to you know get the rest of my education before i yeah you know completely break off from my parents i know i believe that like nashville is hit with two thousand for for one bedrooms yeah yeah i don't even look at what it is for new york and I know it's it's just shivers. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense because every once in a while, like I do the thing that everybody does. Like at least I think a lot of people do this. You'll go on Zillow and sort of just like imagine what it would be like to have ten million dollars to buy a house, right? You just sort of let your eyes wander and dream and imagine. And I go look at apartments sometimes. I look at the ones that are for sale, the ones that are just for rent. And I'm like, who are the people like who 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 buys who that? Is the person who is buying the $900,000 studio in Turtle Bay? Like, I do, who, I don't know. Like, who is that person? I want to be that person. <laughs> I need to be that person. I mean, you're a, a like a pilot, you're going to be that person, but for the rest of us, like, who are <laughs> Who are the people who can do this? (laughs) I don't – and that's the thing is like I don't know. I know like right now since we're on an AI episode, like I would – I go on TikTok all the time and I look at these accounts of like the AI dream homes Mm -hmm. where it says like $35 million home in France and in a factory or something. And it's like you look and you scroll through all these pictures and it has the nostalgic like music playing in the background. And it's like, whoa, this is so pretty. This is so beautiful. But then like you can't even tell that it's, that it's fake, that's not real. That it's not real, but it looks so real. And like soon enough, like I'm using these things to plan out my future home because I'm looking at the windows and I'm looking at the furniture and the layout and it's beautiful. Like if I could be that person, when I become no, you know what? When I become that person, when That's you right, become period. that person who's who has millions of dollars to spare and we get our nice penthouse or 35 million dollar a year home, like 35 million a year. 35 a year because they're going to be that. Why did I say that? 35 million dollar period home, home, not a year. <laughs> I mean, but, in this economy, we're not so far off from that. Honestly, because like we're not going to be able to own anything in the future anyway. I mean, everything Hon- is honestly like for so many people, it might as well be thirty-five million. Because like, if if you can't afford a million-dollar home, like, what difference does it make if it's if it's thirty-five? Like, you can't afford it either way. It doesn't even make a difference for you. Yeah. I'm filing bankruptcy whichever way it goes. So, <laughs> right? Like, come on. So, I just say like, I think there's a certain aspect of I guess 
you just have to kind of believe in yourself and I, I to get to that point. And then also just be like, I, but you can't say like, oh, just save your money because you're not even making that much money in a lifetime anyway with an average job. So you really right. have to do something special. You have to do something completely off the cusp to get to that point. You have to be extraordinary in what you do. You have to like pick a passion and it doesn't have to be just one thing, but like find your passion or passions and really pursue it and go at it unapologetically. My question for you is, so, so many people, like, like you said, like love those AI slideshows on TikTok. We see the AI, like hot guys, like those, like, Fake yes. photos that they'll make on like, I don't know, like mid journey or whatever that show like what it looked like to be in a Goldman Sachs office in the 90s or whatever. It's like all AI guys. And I'm wondering, like, do you think people create these things and get so like excited about them because they they just see it as fantastical, like something that they could never achieve. And so this gives them like a little feeling of what it might be like. Or do you think people use these AI generated fantasies as aspirational? I mean, I believe it's aspirational. And let's say like outside of the the AI attractive men or women that they generate, let's go even to like LinkedIn when everybody was doing their LinkedIn profile headshots through AI with Kiara. <laughs> <laughs> But I never like, actually made it my my profile pic. They were all terrible. My thing is some people actually do. And first of all, you can tell. So if you do have your you AI picture, like you look like a bot right now. But soon you won't be able to tell. It'll be so seamless, so beautiful. And you have to think about like what is AI? What is artificial intelligence? How does it get that intelligence? It pulls together information from the thoughts, feelings, opinions of all the people that interact with it. So when you're on your little chat bot, and you're telling it everything that you love, everything that you dislike, everything that you want. Mm-hmm. It stores that somewhere out there in a cloud, somewhere out there in a big da- da- computer database. And then what? Other programs get made, other AI gets made, and it sends that information. So it's a conglomerate of what everybody views as as necessary in their life or what they want in their life or their dreams or their goals. So you're going it's 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 aspirational. It has to be aspirational. And inspirational for these people. It has, it's like um, like everybody's posturing because there's no other reason why you would use AI to alter the way that you look, the way that you feel. I mean, heck, I could go on here after we film this episode and put a full face of makeup on. Right now I'm barefaced, but I could put a full yeah. face of makeup on and it would look like I'm wearing makeup just through the editing that I do on this video. I could take in my th- cheeks, I could like make my shoulders broader, slender, like there's so much that goes into it nowadays that AI is just going to be completely insane and scary when we get into the future because you're not going to be able to tell what's real and what's fake. I think you mentioned something earlier that I do want to go back to. And it's that, oh gosh, what did you say? It was something good. Was it about the, so first AI men, inspirational um, the LinkedIn profile photos. It'll come Not back being to able to tell things that are real and fake. Deep fakes. Okay, yes. That's what I was talking about. We didn't even talk about deep fakes. And like, okay, we're I was on the learning, same I was on the wavelength. wavelength as you. Yeah. <laughs> but what I was going to say is that like, we're kind of like in the beginning of AI. And yet... Like, did did you have any anticipation that we would be so good at identifying stuff when it's fake? Like, I remember, like, people were really freaked out when a lot of the deep fake stuff, like, started propping up with, like, different videos people would edit on Twitter. And now I feel like, at least where AI is right now, like, I almost never see something and find out that it's AI and think, oh my gosh, you kidding me? I had no clue. Like, a lot of the stuff actually looks artificial in some way. Right. It does. You just have to know what to look for. It does. But I think that that's the, that's the key ingredient is that if you don't know what to look for, then you're going to be fooled. And what's the point where that key changes? Like back to the house example, when I'm looking at these dream houses, it's like the landscape in the background out of the window will be different. They might say dream house in France, but it's a New York skyline. 
And then they get that fixed. So then now, okay, dream house in France. Now it's the French background. But then you're looking and the only thing that I can tell is, oh, well, the faucets don't look right. So then when they fix the faucets, then what's the key that I look for? So I think that that's the pro- the progression in the of AI that you're going to have to be aware of later on. And that's what's going to fool most people is what's the key? What's the thing? It's like Inception, right? When, he, when yeah. he, the only way that he could tell that he was in a dream was to spin that top. And if it kept spinning, he was in a dream. But if it fell over, then he was back in reality. Soon, you're going to have to have to find a trigger like that. And I don't think it'll be noticeable, not in an online platform. No. And like you said, like it's, it is like, obviously like some people think it's quote unquote smarter than like chat GPT, like definitely has more information than like the average person has even like a exceptionally smart person has. And yet still, like you said, because it's pulling data from what we give it in some ways, it's a reflection of us. Right. And I wonder, like, which parts of us as a society are being reflected into AI? Like, I know a lot of, um, like, there are certain questions that you can ask GPT that it will say, like, hey, like, I'm, as an AI, I'm, like, ethical and responsible. I can't, like, talk about this sort of thing. Right? Like, when right. I wanted to ask it how... Um, how you can find guys who are like have like awesome careers and it's like oh you should just you know marry for love you should never want to marry a guy because he has a good career which is obviously ridiculous but like i just like wonder like what sort of societal changes in like five years and ten years would change the output from ai that we get i don't i honestly i don't know because I think it would be a matter of changing the input, but I don't even think that you can change the input because then it would take away that group that of where you get all of the information from that makes it so realistic, that makes it so enticing. I mean, you have, I mean, I even saw on Instagram today an article about kids who are using AI to turn a three-hour session, a three-hour lesson into a 10 minute review that helps them pass their tests and people are marking it as cheating. Well, is it cheating or is it, is it efficiency? You know, you find a program that just knows all of the keys to good study habits, to um, good summarization, to efficient, just, I guess, tricks of efficiency for studying, doing anything that you want to do in terms of academia and they give it to people and they give you these tools and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you shouldn't – like that's not correct. That's not moral. Like you should have to sit through a three-hour session. Like to break it down into 10 minutes is terrible. And it's like why? Why is becoming a more efficient society terrible? I think – I was talking to my dad the other day and actually I think my cousin was there too. And he was explaining that – he gets very irritated whenever he hears his children or people say that they're bored mm. because there's so much, there's just, there's too much that you could be doing at any given moment to say, Oh, I'm just bored. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think the fear that I have personally, when it comes to like people relying on AI to just distill everything down into like easily digestible nuggets of info is that we're losing our attention spans like Um. in a serious way like there's so many people who joke around and say like i can't even watch movies now because of tiktok without like minecraft going in the background because you know they have like those split screen tiktoks where like on one half someone's playing subway surfers and on the other half someone's telling a story right and i think that like that probably affects the way people interact as adults like the way people want to date each other they are so accustomed to having things so quickly on demand that like they don't want to meet people in person they don't want to take things slowly like everyone wants like that instant gratification and I think there is some merit to doing things slowly not just because you can appreciate the the beauty of the process of learning something or critically thinking through something but just because like people just can't 
like be in their own minds in their own solitude for five minutes like they just constantly have to have some sort of engagement and input this is not really ai specific it's like tech in general that Mm -hmm. to me is like the only thing i would push back on in terms of like why it would maybe be better for a student to have to learn about something and the intricacies of it over three hours instead of just like pulling out the biggest main idea parts in 10 minutes right I guess that's the thing and I like what you said it's not AI specific but it's exacerbated by AI and I do see your point I think back to when we were in school and I don't know if you had spark notes for literature class are you kidding me yeah right and so it was one thing where you could tell the kid who went to spark notes who got the main points that they could be prepared for discussion Mm -hmm. and easily like yes you were prepared yes you knew what happened in the book that you were reading and you were able to present it to the class and do what you needed to do to get that passing grade but the ones who read you were able to dive a little bit deeper in terms of your critical thinking because you made these unique connections possibly to your own life possibly to external factors that related to the book or related to the situation at hand so i can see that like that critical thinking mm-hmm. that personalization of critical thinking would be lost or could potentially you, be lost. Do you know how or like if or how AI is currently affecting the airline industry or flying? I don't. I don't. So many people for for good reasons have some fear about how AI can like might end up replacing them, stealing their job. I kind of fall on the side of you can use it to enhance your job, but I don't even know. Like, like, do you, like? Are you in a AI proof field? I feel like flying is pretty AI proof. I think it's pretty AI proof. I think maybe, um, like the ticket people, ticketing or the front desk people that you go to at the airport to like, hey, my ticket is wrong or whatever. Like that could be computerized and automated in the future, sure. but. For real. I think with pilots, I think we're okay for now. Um, Drones are the factor that would be scary for me because I think drones could possibly take that role. AI drones sounds terrifying. It does. The plot of a horror movie or a sci-fi movie. I would think that drones could be controlled remotely, but I would wonder how ethical that would be to have somebody sitting remotely controlling a plane full of, you know, 200 people going across Mm -hmm. the Atlantic, you know, like, I just don't see that happening anytime soon. So I feel like the actual act of being a pilot is safe. What about you? Do you feel like your marketing job might be in danger? I think for some parts of marketing, like copywriting could be at risk. But if you use ChatGPT enough, and I've used it just like in my personal life, for fun, like asking it to write essays about different things to see how it can argue both sides of something. To me, just like we were saying about like you can pick up when a photo or an image is AI generated, I can mm. like maybe it's just because I'm actually using chat GPT when I search, but like I can pretty easily tell like this is not high quality writing. This is AI generated. Right. So people think that copywriting is really vulnerable, but to me, like, at this point, like, the version of ChatGPT that we have, and I paid for, like, the ChatGPT 4 for a little bit, and now I'm not paying for it anymore, but at least, like, the ChatGPT 3 is not up to snuff to replace even, like, an average marketer at this point. Okay. Not for me. That's I good. Could be, I could be wrong in 10 years, but in 10 years, hopefully <laughs> yeah. the podcast has taken off, and I won't we'll even have safe. to worry about that. Yeah, we'll be safe at that point. I could see that. I think I definitely do think that the communications field is a little bit more at risk um, in the future because, like you said, once once things get better, once things get more seamless, it'll be easy to replace that role because you have a program that can do literally anything and everything. But right now, we're in the clear. I think that's interesting because conventional wisdom might say okay, well, this tool, AI, is like freeing up all this time for me to do other things. Maybe that gives me the liberty to 
live the adult life that I want to live mm-hmm. and I'll have the freedom to work from other places or travel more or pick up my hobbies or do whatever it is that you want to do as an adult. But on the other hand, like you still have to like actually make money <laughs> so right. you can support the things that you want to do. I think, yeah, in the, in the end, it'll be a net positive for society, but not without some, some growing pains, probably. I just hope that the time that AI does free up for people, they use to actually do something productive and conducive to help with society, help themselves, their families, like do something that's positive because it's, if you get all of this time and you don't use it for anything except to sit around, laze around, be on social media, do nothing in a sense, like, what is it for? It's for nothing. Then you just wilt away and waste away and you're essentially nothing because you're not contributing anything to yourself or to others. So I think that's going to be a big challenge, especially for our generation, is to actually be um, pro- be proactive because we're so we're that generation where we're told what to do and we just do it. Really? I Wait, could you give me an example? Like our whole education system is, you know, learn and regurgitate. Like you're not really learning. You're just receiving information to spit it back out and then you're not retaining anything. So really it's just, this is what you need to know for the test. Do this and you're fine. It's not, how do you critically think on this topic? Like we were talking Mm -hmm. about earlier, like you, you just, that's something that you have to train or, or you know, be accustomed to through your behaviors and your actions. And we're not that. And so I'm just worried about our generation in that regard. I think critical thinking is a lost art. And this is like the, like a very online thing. Like everybody who's got an opinion about something thinks that people who disagree with them are not critical thinkers, but truly like, I feel like, like you said, because our education system is so geared toward just retaining enough until the end of the quarter. And then like, I could just fill in the blanks with some new information so I can keep passing and get my A's or whatever. That to me doesn't actually help people or prepare people enough to be really smart functioning adults. Mm -hmm. To me, like the, the experience that I look back on that's been most helpful in teaching me how to speak, how to interact with people, how to defend my ideas, how to understand and uh, be able to explain ideas that I don't agree with is debate. I was a big debate nerd in high school. And that's not just like about the, the topics themselves that you had to debate, but like you actually had to take time to like construct arguments and write and read and listen to people and like no one to push back, no one to let certain things slide. And I think that sort of like more hands-on real world way of educating yourself I do is too. way more beneficial. And I feel like that's like not even uh, as prominent as it should be in college. Like I did it in it's high not. school and I never got to debate anything or anyone on anything in college. Maybe it was just the major that I chose. But it's it should be. I guess it should be a staple across all sorts of um, backgrounds. I mean, in majors and, and interests that you have in college, because it is important. I mean, you go out in society, what do you do? You talk to people, you know, yeah. you have an idea, you're an engineer, how do you present it? How do you defend it? You have to know these things. And I think that it's just so sad to see people now that legitimately cannot like, and or just are so bad at it. Be, and I mean, everybody's bad at something. Like, I'm not the perfect, yeah. you know, person to to talk or to speak or or do any of that. But if you keep working at it, you eventually get better. Or you get more comfortable with knowing who you are, how you are as a person. Some people just aren't good at doing that in general, and they know that, but they're smart in other things. So it's like you find your path and you go that way. Wow, this wraps up pretty well. It goes back to what I was saying about. Deion Sanders. 
if you're not a football player, if you don't want to be successful, if you don't want to be D1, get off the team. But mm. it's okay to be told that you're not good. It's okay to accept that about yourself and go find something else because you might have another path that's waiting for you, that's sitting yeah. there. So like uh, you could go be like the greatest consultant of all time. And you would have Why never known if like Dion didn't tell you you sucked. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Now they can go be like the person they were actually meant to be. That's refreshing. Okay. One more one more thing about Dion. Um, <laughs> okay. this, this is great. Uh, so they don't have captains at Colorado. If you look at their jerseys, they just say L and D for okay, leaders what is that? for leaders and dogs. <laughs> I love that. I was looking at it at the game. I was like, what's an L? What's a D? <laughs> a D is a dog. Like he's got he's two dog. dogs. He's got two leaders. That's awesome. See, we love him. Everything right. comes comes full circle. Everything full is circle. turning up Colorado. Even this it's, podcast. We can't help ourselves. We have to have a, a Colorado title. It has to be. I'm putting the like logo in the front on our cover photos because <laughs> Dion is going to be like photoshopped in the back behind us. You know? For real. Like maybe we can make a <laughs> thumbnail for the YouTube video that just shows us next to him. And no one's going to know like what in the world. They're just going to see his face and click. Everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate you for being here. Speaking about this AI. Fine. This is different. I had no idea where this was going. Neither did I. I mean, I knew <laughs> I knew it was going to come back to Colorado, but I just didn't know how we were going to get back to Shador and Dion. <laughs> so, we're so excited. I, I hope we can edit this before this game on Saturday because that would be great. But if not, we're going to get it up for sure. Everybody's going to see. Everybody's going to see what happens. We're excited. I know I'm excited. I know Kiara is excited for the game. I just cannot wait. Hopefully, hopefully we can be at Stanford. But those hopefully. hotel tickets, you people are whack, Boulder. You're whack because charging a thousand dollars a night, honey. I paid. I have to pay plane, the game, and your hotel fees. No. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. if anybody we just, has, we a need place, someone in our audience. Who's got a hookup? Who's got a connection? Who like Please. works for Hyatt or something? Who's like, yeah, I got like my hotel night perk. Come on, come take it. That's what we need. That's what we need. So if that's you, please reach out to us. You can contact <laughs> us by following us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter at Take It To Go Pod, or by emailing us at Take It To Go Pod at gmail.com. Did I say right. that too fast? <laughs> no, I think I think they got it. You can listen to it back on like. 0.5x if you need please if you need a recap and you can follow me lena at flying with lena on instagram or you can follow me kiara on tiktok instagram at the kiara danielle so thanks for listening and we'll see you on our next ride see you on our next ride bye bye